You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Afterbuzz. This is Afterbuzz TV's Sherlock After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sherlock After Show. Hey there, Sherlockians, you lockheads, you. We're here <laughs> at AfterBuzz TV talking about a scandal in Belgravia, season two, episode one. One of the best, if not the finest, installment mm-hmm. of the series to date. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me on the panel, it's fantastic. We got Marissa Serafini sitting at the table. Yes, Whoa. hello everyone. Yes. So excited Welcome. to have you here. Yell Teagles here. Hello. Uh, and uh, Megan Salinas is here. Hey guys. Uh, so I'm always so stoked to watch this episode of this show. It's just even even not just as an episode of Sherlock, just as a piece of television, or even as as a, a feature length piece because it is 90 minutes. You know, it's it's just one of the finest TV movies that I think has been made in a very long time. You know, it, it's so rare that even on a show that you love that the union of script and performance and cinematography and even score. The score in this episode is beautiful. Yeah, do we have a name for the composer who uh, wrote that bit that Sherlock was composing? Because that I was can, fantastic. Uh, I can look it up. I can you look should. it up while we're talking. But, um, yeah, it just it blends together so wonderfully. And uh, I every time that we see a new episode of this show now, I just want them to top this one. And it's so hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to talk about it, you know, very specifically and go chunk by chunk, but I also want to have a, a, an open discussion as to why is this episode so stellar? Like, what what is it about the, it that makes it such a great piece of television? Um, yeah. I, I, I think the cool thing is that, because we've seen Irene Adler, she's such an iconic person character throughout the whole Sherlock series the only woman to ever best Sherlock mm-hmm. and we've seen so many different variations of Irene Adler over all these generations of Sherlock and I loved how we see the modern day more acceptable in society now that we understand of Irene Adler and their interpretation of who this mystery woman is and then like seeing and even from like the past franchises of Sherlock just how Irene as a person has evolved in different ways and the creative things that they've done is really fun to watch and she was really a fun character in this episode absolutely she is an amazing character and I I know I said last uh last time that the last episode is my is the episode that made me fall in love with Sherlock Mm -hmm. and this is my absolute hands down favorite episode and it's not just because of Irene it's because of every part of it there isn't a boring moment in the entire episode yeah it's it's just captivating to watch like just seeing the the interactions between the two of them and was it me or did they have fantastic chemistry mm-hmm. in this episode steamy <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very sexy very fun and a lot lot of fun to watch this was great yeah uh just really quickly the music in this episode was composed by David Arnold and Michael Price um <clears throat> well it, done gentlemen yeah great job. well here's the thing what i love about it and what it kind of introduced to uh, to Sherlock as a series is 
it is not necessarily an episode that's built around a mystery, but it is full of small mysteries for us to solve. Mm -hmm. It's a more abstract mystery of who is this woman and what is she up to? What does she want? As well as the ongoing mystery of what's going on with the hiker and with Bond Air. Um, it's really more uh, of a drama piece about what happens when Sherlock Holmes is pushed to his emotional limits. And I feel like that's what season two in particular is about in its entirety. Because you have the exploration of what it would be like for him to fall in love or sort of his definition of what love is, mm -hmm. which is, you know, someone that he can't read, someone that he can't dismiss, who is able to outsmart him and act on his level and be sexy, you know, in a huge way. And then, uh, of course, Hounds of Baskerville, having uh, introducing doubt to the equation because Sherlock never doubts himself the Reichenbach fall when you know he has absolutely no one to turn to and he's out of options and I, I love seeing a character as intelligent and as cool as a cucumber as Sherlock is pushed to those extremes and I think this one is is my favorite because we just we want on some level we want them to be together we don't know what that <laughs> would be like and she's so bad she's she is a villain she's bad you know, she she doesn't earn his trust, really, I, I feel like. But this, uh, this episode, you really it like confirms it's so weird. We love her and we love Moriarty. And this episode, they even say the words they are terrorists. Yeah, they are terrorists. And we love them. <laughs> that I feel so conflicted. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but the thing with these so-called terrorists that they call themselves, there we've seen more backstories to them. We've gotten the chance to actually get to know these characters and slowly peel back those layers every episode we see them. So we get more involved and engaged with them, and I think that's why we kind of like them more so than other regular villain villains mm -hmm. in yeah. a series. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they're so manipulative, but they're so fun while they're doing it. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. Like, this whole scenario yeah. is set up so that she can manipulate Sherlock into solving a puzzle for her. And, um... But at the same time, again, she's just so captivating yeah. and charismatic and smart and funny and so good at what she does that, you know, he knows he's being played, probably on some level. But, um... But he, you know, we go along for the ride See, anyway. What, what yeah. I love about it is he, I don't think he thinks he's being played. I think that he's he thinks that he's winning this war at the very least that they're neck and neck mm -hmm. throughout until he realizes that he was used and it takes it takes Mycroft to really help that sink in. And it's only at the very last minute when he when, when he does a hail mary pass save. I know, and then <laughs> we get the happy ending that we wanted, and then on top of that, we get a second happy ending. We're gonna get into all that. Let's just jump right in uh, at the very top. Uh, you know, Sherlock once again is bored. They've been doing cases, uh, which you know are fine if unfulfilling mm -hmm. you know um and we get introduced to some of the many incredible camera tricks that are used in this episode um you know one of my first favorites is when they're interviewing all of these uh all these pr prospective clients peppering us with clues that we pick up later on mm -hmm. with bond air and then we have uh the geek interpreter <laughs> guys who have this website and it's about what comic books are really about but then they actually start happening and he wipes the screen and they're gone and then he walks back mm -hmm. and they're back in and it's just it, it this episode, to me, 
opened up a world of possibilities for how this show could be shot, conceived, and presented. And really, I feel like every other show on TV should take a page out of their book. Oh, definitely. I, I love the wipe effect. That's, you know, just a simple yeah. effect you can do in After Effects. But <laughs> it, it goes to show that sometimes you're in the mystery and sometimes you're out. And you, you never know where each story is going to go. With. And it shows how, how Sherlock, like, thinks of people. It's like, if you're not going to interest me in any way, you know, you're out of my life. You know, right. it's yeah. it's done. But, you know, if you can intrigue me, okay, I'm, I'm letting you back into frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I mean, you look at how how he treats John and, and where they are in their relationship and how he often will make decisions and talk to John when John's not there. If you're not in front of Sherlock Holmes, if you're not actively engaging him, he forgets about you momentarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked how these little um, cases that you know just seem somewhat random, but they actually serve a bigger purpose and they help build this blog. And and Sherlock realizes that you know there is a following. People are loving all these cases, even all the unsolved ones that he does. On. Don't put the unknown case. <laughs> you know, he shows that they're human. But it and that also helps add to Sherlock's iconic physical image. And you know, he wants to hide himself under his and he gets the his head. head. You know, so just those little things builds up to the Sherlock that we know and mm-hmm. love. Yeah. It definitely is a Sherlock in transition. We get a, f- a couple of funny little gags. Oh, the poor woman who's like, I think my husband's having an affair. He is. <laughs> oh, that stinks. I'm sorry, lady. And then, yeah, we're we're introduced to our first real mystery of the episode. We get a couple, and it's just that we have this man who's in the, the trunk of a car, in the boot of a car. He should have been dead on a, on a plane days earlier, mm-hmm. suspected terrorism, and even Sherlock can't figure it out. You know, uh, I love, he's like, I got eight ideas, and he's examining the body. Okay, four ideas. Well, two ideas. Damn it. (laughs) Even Sherlock doesn't know. And then it goes unsolved. (laughs) Unknown. Right. Uh, And then we're introduced to uh, our second mini mystery, which which I absolutely love, which is this simple thing of, like, this guy out in the country. He's trying to get his car started, and, you know, it backfires, and this guy dies, you know, yards away. How is this possible? And, uh, oh, and I don't want to skip over Mrs. Hudson discovering the bag of thumbs. Um, <laughs> oh, thumbs! <laughs> she is such a delight. She is so great. I loved, I love her, and I mm-hmm. loved her in this episode. I yeah. love seeing the relationship and seeing how much he really cares about her. Mm-hmm. He really just, he does. Yeah. The sight of her, yeah. you know, having been hit and being a hostage turns him as, as close as we've ever seen to rage mm-hmm. that he possibly has. Um, and he's immediately, he's targeting, he's like looking at how do I dismantle this <laughs> yeah. guy? But, so angry that he throws the man out the window multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost. Count. I love Mrs. Hudson in this series. She's the surrogate mother to Sherlock, even mm-hmm. though. She has to go through all these random weird things that Sherlock goes through and like, you know, all the weird things in Sherlock's fridge, but she still puts up with it. And then she actually helps protect and secrets. She had of the Sherlock. phone the whole yeah. time. <laughs> so like not to jump ahead, but yes, she's there for a purpose. She's there yeah. to help Sherlock as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh 
Watson goes out into the country to try to solve this, and he's got uh, Sherlock on the computer via Wi-Fi. Because Sherlock, <laughs> we had this discussion. If it's less than a seven, there's no reason for me to leave leave Baker Street. We didn't have that conversation. <laughs> well, uh, you weren't there. Wait, wait, how often do you go out? When does that happen? Uh, not that I really care. And um, <clears throat> it just takes one quick look for him to realize what's gone on, and we don't find out till later, of course, when Irene uh, he he challenges Irene to figure it out. And we'll get into that then. But uh, he's summoned. Uh, he and John are both summoned <laughs> to Buckingham Palace. In his sheets. In his sheets. Because <laughs> he refuses to dress himself. <laughs> Hysterical. Um, You're welcome, fangirls. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that was their way. Yeah. <laughs> that wait. was, again, a gift for the fans. Yeah. Get yeah, your book complained. off my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love just the little moment. And to me, this is the moment that, like, cements their friendship is just when uh, when John sits down next to him on the couch. He's Buckingham Palace. <laughs> yep. And then they just start giggling like two little boys who are getting away with something ridiculous. And John's like, I'm fighting the urge to steal an ashtray right yeah. now. I think what cements their friendship is when uh, Sherlock steals an ashtray for him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. That's friendship. Yeah, yeah, that's true friendship. That's what friends do. Yeah. Um, and oh my god I love it I, I just love the, the moment where he's like we're here to see the queen and Mycroft comes in and he's like I think we are uh, I guess we are and they both start laughing again and just the look on Mycroft's face and, he, and he's just thinking about his diet and how he hates his job like, I, I don't think he hates his job I don't think he I think no. he loves power but he hates having to deal with his brother when it comes to this job see I feel like what it is is that they've both of them have grown up being smarter than everyone and neither mm. of them had friends right and all of a sudden Sherlock somehow managed to get a friend yeah Mycroft's jealous I'll be, I'll be mother our, our childhood in a nutshell <laughs> I love that and it's not just that because Sherlock was acting kind of childish he mm -hmm. refusing to get out of the mm -hmm. sheets even he though he very knew petulant. he was going to yeah. someone as elaborate as Buckingham Palace oh but, he knew exactly where so he was going he was yeah. being Sherlock was being that child and Mycroft had to be the older person and be like I get into some clothes you're acting very <laughs> foolish right now mm -hmm. so it's not stay. just jealousy it's just about you know looking out for Sherlock yeah. uh, and I don't know if any of you have younger younger siblings but there is a time when they're toddlers where they tend to streak through the house naked <laughs> so, wait that's supposed to, that's supposed to stop yeah, when you're right? a toddler <laughs> what I don't know what you're talking yeah, about no. particularly when you're having friends over for a slumber party <laughs> Does your sister watch this show? I have a little brother who's eight years younger than oh, okay. me, and that, that was an incident that happened at some point. And now the entire <laughs> internet knows. Yeah. That's, awesome. That's funny, but <laughs> back to Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, no, the they present this this case to him. He's not interested because he wants to know who his client is. I mean, he knows who his client is. It's the royal family. But he want he demands the respect of being told. They refuse to tell him. But what does pique his interest is that these photos that have been stolen. Uh, Irene Adler has asked for no ransom. She doesn't want any money. She just wants the royal family to know that she has them. And that's super exciting because, mm -hmm. you know, why? Yeah, and the interesting is the original story, Scandal in Bohemia, it's actually um, Irene has the scandal with the king, who's Ooh. a man. And in this story, Irene has a scandal with the women of um, 
you know, yeah. the, the royal woman. family. And, yeah. and she and Irene did say in this episode that she is gay. So Yeah. She is gay, but I apparently think, like, still had a crush on Those Sherlock. changes from the original story is still fun to watch. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, well, we'll get a bit more into that in a second when yeah, we get more into the romance. <laughs> um, but obviously they take the case and they they rush off. Um, and Irene is very much aware that they're that they're definitely coming. She has this all planned, and she has to figure out what to wear. <laughs> so she wears her battle dress. Her battle dress, which is her birthday suit. Um, <laughs> and I want to before we pass it. I want to. Are you about to talk oh, about God. the shot of uh, her coming into her closet where she has that like that dangerously deep neck, <laughs> like deep V, deep v yes. neck v- nightgown With nothing underneath. underneath. And it's oh. awesome. And yeah. everyone loves it. Well, and I love the you parallel, like too, that Sherlock's trying to find yeah. what to wear. He's like, I need a splash of color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And to go off of that, because Irene said battle dress, and yeah. then Watson asked her, like, what are you going to wear? And he's like, going into battle. <laughs> and so, like, both of them, just the juxtaposition of those two scenes from Irene to Sherlock, and that they're somewhat equal and on the same level, and that they're doing the same things, and they're still kind of interested. And we'll get into that. But yeah. yes, the parallelism is amazing. It's also great that the battle dress is, is opposites. She's naked and he's a priest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and of course, in order to make his story stick, he needs to get socked in the face. <laughs> yep. So uh, he takes John aside and he asks him to punch him in the face. And when John, you know, it just can't stop making quips. He punches John in the face, which gets John crazy pissed. He hauls off, cocks him right in the face, and he's like, oh, perfect. And then John just tackles him. And, uh, you know, Sherlock forgets, man. He's a soldier. He has killed people. He he's can a do doctor. It yeah. I, I had, had bad, bad days. days. Rad. Nice. That's the best. We want to see them tussling, and we want to... I love it when... When John is able to take Sherlock down a peg, he's <laughs> always great because he doesn't get many opportunities. Yeah, you know he thinks that he does, but then they're always stolen from him within moments. Yeah, um, so that was great. And then uh, seeing, I love whenever Sherlock tries to play normal people because he always like overdoes it. And he's, um, uh, I, I was attacked. I was attacked. I think they, they, they stole my wallet. I, oh, oh, could I please? You know, and he's crying. Yeah. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, the man can cry, man. He's a great actor. But again, Sherlock acting for the wrong reasons. But that's what's even more amazing. Sherlock, somebody who seems to have, you know, like cut off ties to a lot of his emotions or tried to suppress them, Mm -hmm. is able to summon tears at any time, seemingly. Because this is the second episode in a row Mm -hmm. where he's doing it. He's great at being manipulative. Okay, we've established. So (laughs) they get inside. And uh, he sits down, and Irene comes in, and uh, bam, right there in your face. And he's just kind of nonplussed. He doesn't know what to do about it. We've both been defrocked, Mr. Hones. <laughs> and she puts it between her teeth, and a thousand, a thousand adolescent boys discover womanhood. It's <laughs> a great way to put it. It is. It is a great way to put it. It's probably not the best way to put it, but it's but there. But it's still a great way to put Thank it. Thank you. I liked it. Um, I, I yeah, wouldn't man. say that it was only adolescent boys. <laughs> uh, I just want to... Okay. For those of you who aren't watching the podcast, mm. Matt is staring wistfully <laughs> out into the distance. Mm. Wait, I have a solution for this. I do. Oh, oh, okay. oh here we go. Here we go. <laughs> that sounds a bit rude, isn't it? 
Uh, Yell has the Irene Adler sound effect uh, as ring her tone. ringtone. Yeah, I have a ringtone. So text. if you want to, if you text her, it's going to sound pretty, pretty Great. frisky, pretty risque, <laughs> pretty risque, pretty, pretty scandalous, if you will, pretty like I should stay yeah. at home. Um, <laughs> so for the first time in the series, we meet someone that Sherlock absolutely can't read. He's just getting all question marks. I don't know if he's too distracted by the skin or just by the power play or what. No, is it because every time Sherlock always reads someone, he the first thing is always by their clothes or something that they're wearing. And mm. then the fact that Irene's literally wearing nothing, taking away all those uh, signals that you know Sherlock usually reads upon, that throws him off. And then also when they're... He's trying to read her face. She's wearing a lot of makeup, so it might conceal a lot of things as well. I think, though, what's really interesting is that all he gets is question marks, but there is so much that you can read from the fact that her battle dress is naked, yeah. and she's wearing a lot of makeup, and, and the colors she chose and everything else. There's so much the room that he could have read, Yeah, and I think it speaks more not just that she was naked and he couldn't find clues, but that something about her makes it impossible for him to read. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to uh, what Moriarty apparently calls the Holmes boys, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the Iceman and the Virgin. Sex is something that he's not really familiar with, which makes it even weirder <laughs> what happens in season three. For those people who are starting our podcast in season one and heading towards season three, I don't want to spoil it, but folks at home, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the, in the third <laughs> in the episode. In the third episode, yeah. In the third yeah. episode of the third season. That made everybody in the collective go, fandom go, what? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, the fact that she is, she's intelligent and she's, she's using her sexuality, but she's not leaning on it. She's using it to make him uncomfortable and to make him, uh, you know, off his game. Yeah, you know, double like overthink, second guess himself. Mm-hmm. And I love that he actually looked over at John to make sure that everything was still working before looking back at her and going, right. "Huh," and still seeing the question marks. Yeah, just like, like he was. He was checking that the blood was still rushing to his brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he he dismisses. He quickly gets her to admit that the photos are in the room. He dismisses John to keep a lookout. John has to light this magazine on fire to start a fire. Um, and uh, he uses it to determine where the photos are in the room. And he also starts challenging her to figure out what happened in this hiker case. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get this wonderful sequence, first of two, where we're transported back to that area in this awesome, seamless transition. I mean, the green screen work, a little wonky on that first shot, but sure. still great. And she's got the couch there. And uh, he's challenging her to figure it out. Finally, he gets the gets to the safe. And he's trying to figure out this combination. Uh, she says she's already told it to him, but he can't possibly think of what it is. And then suddenly, <laughs> Americans come in and start messing everything up. Like they do. Like they <laughs> do. American. Those Gosh, stupid Americans. We're, we're working. Yeah. Bloody Yanks. Bloody Yanks. <laughs> uh, coming in, shooting up the place, threatening to shoot Watson. And Sherlock has moments to spare to figure out what this password is. Deci- uh, figures out that it's her measurements. Meow. And... Uh, <laughs> He opens he opens the safe and just before he pulls it open he looks at Irene and he realizes there's a gun inside and he he yells what is it is Vatican cameos 
It was like something like that, and and then that causes John to duck. He ducks, shoots a guy, and then slow motion whacking people in the oh, face with guns. Great fight is great. It, was great. it was really slick, really smartly choreographed. It's the way that Sherlock Holmes would fight, and, and that also shows that Irene's kind of a badass too. She's know? a total badass. Yeah. Pistol whip. Yeah, exactly. forced to be reckoned with. Yeah. This was kind of reminiscent of um, the Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm, Sherlock mm-hmm. movies, but at the I don't know. Um, it's been a while since I've watched those ones, to be honest. I'm not as fond of them as I am of Sherlock. But right. um, but with that, like the slow-mo fight sequences in those movies, it kind of felt forced, whereas this felt like a seamless way to put in a fight, right. you know, into... In- put it into Sherlock whereas you know when he's like cage fighting down there and it's zooming in on every little thing I never really felt like that was as well done as it is here right in those movies they were trying to show that Sherlock is surgical that he makes tactical movements and you know that he can fight in a very um, intense and efficient way here they don't need to prove it they just show it that he Mm -hmm. he disarms the guy cleanly Hits him, uh, back slaps him with this pistol efficiently. It's a surgical technique. It's very clean. It's very simple. It's very quick. And that's all you need. We don't need an extended fight sequence. Yeah. And it goes to show that Irene and Sherlock are kind of on the same wavelength. They're, they're both fighting at the same time. No need to communicate. Mm-hmm. They just do it. They just do it. It's just easy. They'd make a great team. Yeah. yeah. They should team up if she, she all wasn't mysteries. a terrorist. <laughs> if she wasn't a terrorist, uh, which she is. Can we mention her, her, uh, um, measurements? Are we going <laughs> to... The yeah. combination? So the what, combination. It, was, it was 32... 32, 32 24, 24, 34. 34. Which means that she is tiny. Yeah. She's she, petite. But Sherlock is very observant. Yes, he is, <laughs> Meow. Again. Guess he knew where to look. Yeah. <laughs> meow. Again. All right. Um, really quickly before we move on, gotta talk iTunes. Gotta do it. Everybody yeah. was waiting for it. I left it until in the middle so I could disrupt everything. <laughs> Uh, because I'm evil. Hey, gang, you know what time it is. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> we do this show here on Afterbus TV because we love Sherlock as much as you do. We want to have this conversation with you. We want to be able to entertain you and enlighten you about your favorite episodes. Here at Afterbus TV, we put out over 60 shows a week. It's 67. Ins- 67 <laughs> shows a week. That's an insane amount of content. And how much does it cost, Marissa? Nothing. It's free. It's free. It's all free. Now, I, I can what? I can print this out and I can read it to someone? Or how does it work? Where, where can I view or, or read or whatever this? You can go on iTunes. Yeah, I can go on iTunes. You I can, can stream it. I can stream it. You can stream it live on our website. Download it. Yeah. On any of your devices. We mm. live in, in the effing future, people. Wake <laughs> up. But here's the thing, people. There are so many podcasts out there about everything, especially Sherlock, because it's a great show. Uh, we need your help to make sure that this show uh, is viewable, that it's seeable, that when people are like, I need a Sherlock podcast, they can find this one because you want them to find it because it's your favorite and you want more friends who like this show so here's what you do go to itunes slap the show with a rating give us a review it makes it it makes all the difference in the world i guarantee it we need your help to make sure that this show is seen by as many people as possible heard by as many people as possible and you get a cool shout out right here on the show now last night we taped uh the great game Mm -hmm. recap Mm -hmm. and we gave a challenge uh the challenge was was what it was it was 75 75 reviews By the end of us podcasting, uh, which means by the end of next week. That's now, attainable, you guys. That it's one hundred percent attainable. attainable. Uh, we had three people join the fray between yesterday and today. 
Thank um, you. Yeah, and I want to thank them. I want to read. I'm not sure if uh, if we read all of these uh, reviews last night, so I'm going to read them now. Um, <clears throat> fantastic podcast for a fantastic show. Five stars from Aww. Library Ann. This podcast is fun and fast-paced as the show. The analysis is interesting, and the panelists have some great insight and comments about the original book characters, notes about the actors or writers, and predictions. Love it. Great. Um, yeah. uh, Bam 80s D. <laughs> yes yeah, yeah says loving this show five stars an amazing addition to an outstanding show uh the panel it says matt keeps me completely entertained no matter what the volume and i feel bad <laughs> and weird because i get a lot i get uh, not a lot you know what bam no. his name is bam. he loves everybody all the commentary keeps me thinking and i'll be waiting intently for the next episode i was debating whether or not to read that part um thanks but for thanks for starting at the beginning again four stars from ttc5 thank thanks. you ttc5 other uh, people on the show are fun to listen to i especially like matthew and the <laughs> The way he keeps the show going. I'm happy that after season three, they went back or discussing the shows in order from first season on because I went wanted to watch the seasons over well again. Well done, Lieberfans. Lieber, yeah. Lieber yeah. fan nation. I love it. Uh, <laughs> fabulous podcast. Five stars from Nixie Nora from today. Thanks for going back and discussing the earlier episodes. I was so excited to find out. Love the show and I love this podcast. You make the fun of the short seasons last longer. Aww. Thank you so much, Nixie Nora. You're great. You're all great. So please, if you haven't had a uh, a chance to do it it only takes a second and it really does mean the world for us so thank you okay so Sherlock gets uh, not physical photos but a camera phone cell phone that uh, is password protected it is blank locked hmm mm-hmm. now when you first saw this episode did you think in in the entirety of the world that it was going to be a word like that that they were connected because I thought it was I am locked and then it was just a password and it was separate. That's exactly no. what I thought. I yeah. had absolutely no clue up until the end when when they do the reveal and then I went, so that's why that's all over the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was unfortunately incredibly spoiled because <sighs> I started watching season two after it had already been out for a while and had been all over Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest. Oh, mm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so I, as soon as I saw it, I went, got it. (laughs) But I was excited to see how he got to it and figured it out. I I liked it. I mean, I was surprised the first time I watched it. I always thought because it was a four character password, I just thought, you know, pin numbers, Mm -hmm. usually four numbers, not alphabetical characters. So I didn't really think of all the whole password being just all letters. Mm -hmm. So that was a nice surprise. Yeah. And he was ever so close. Like, he, he kept thinking, okay, it's something related to me. Like, he tried 221B, mm-hmm. and that didn't work. And, you know, he tried and he a couple thought, different 1895, he thought that the frozen counter was a secret message, uh, and it was not. At the time, I was like, ooh, secret message! I also thought that. Nope. <laughs> no, not a secret message. Um, so, he uh, he gets this phone, and then she he goes with her up to her room, and then she takes it back from him by injecting him with sleep liquid, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> some serious drugs, some serious drogas. And then she grabs her riding crop and she whips the F out of him. He loved it. He loved every she second. She loved it. Oh Everyone my God. loved it. And please, my, one of my favorite lines in the whole thing. I could, uh, like, I could cut myself slapping that face. <laughs> oh. Would you like me to try? And I'm like, yes. 
<laughs> I would like you to try, please. Oh, we started yeah. watching a completely different show for a minute. Wait, no, no, no. Do, do it again, louder. <laughs> it's such a rude noise. It's such a great so, noise. So uh, she knocks him out, and then she climbs out of the window after letting uh, John know exactly uh, what the password was and how Sherlock figured it out. And then Sherlock has this kind of drug-induced dream, which is one of like the best shot and edited sequences of the whole series, uh, where she is broken into, in reality, she's broken into Baker Street to uh, return his coat, and um, she's explaining she figured out how the hiker died. And he was killed by his own boomerang because he should have been looking. <laughs> I don't know how he would have been able to catch it, though. <laughs> you know, because it was going pretty fast. If it took off, if it if it slammed his head, it would have it shattered his wrist if he tried to catch it. <laughs> he so, threw it way too hard is what happened. <laughs> right. And I'm like, how did this guy throw a boomerang so hard that it killed him? <laughs> I don't. I mean, granted, and that, right and if he's spot. watching it as yeah. it's you know as it's coming back to him, right. and something startles him, and he turns around, you know, it it just seems like he'd have to be turned around for quite some time, know. you know, waiting for it to come. It would back be around. such. It's such yeah, an I mean, odd case. It's like it's like when you hear like those old logic puzzles of like the guy who who hung himself, but there's no chair and there's just a puddle of water under him, and it was like, oh, he was standing on an ice cube or like something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the, those riddles. Yeah, yeah. The thing I loved about this particular case was that this was the only one that I believe that we see another someone else solve this case. I mean, sure, like figured it out but we have someone else actually explained how it happened that's true we have john try a couple yeah. times but ultimately he fails so you're absolutely right this is the first time somebody <laughs> else solves a mystery for and us. it happened to be irene so it goes to show she's very intelligent herself as well on the same level as sherlock yes it's a it's a very effective way to show she is on the same level of game as him mm-hmm. you know um and you know now he's got his coat back she's gone and we kind of jump ahead a little bit um and it's Christmas time, and uh, oh, Christmas. Or, or, <laughs> oh, this Christmas yeah. dinner. <laughs> and um, well, the first things first. His uh, phone, the text noise for her has been changed to um, what? How did it sound? What was? What was it? It was. What? It was kind of like. <laughs> so naughty. We're so mature. We're so mature. But you guys don't know, but as yeah. I set my phone like this, I spent all afternoon just pushing it. <laughs> that makes complete sense to me. I don't know why that's surprising. Yeah. Um, so it's Christmas time at Baker Street, and the, the gang's all here. Greg's there. Uh, Molly shows up. Was anybody else really surprised that they were throwing a Christmas party? Because I remember the first time I watched this episode, I, I was kind of taken aback because we do jump ahead to Christmas yeah. and all of a sudden everybody's there. And I was just like, when did everyone become such good friends right. with Sherlock? Well, I did think they- I think what's said to answer your question, I think it's said that uh, people had plans and they all happened to fall through. Mm-hmm. So they came over and I'm assuming John invited them. Right. I, I think what happened was... Uh, was Mrs. Hudson Mrs. Hudson makes the point that she's like, you know, I love Christmas. It's the one day that the boys can't fight with each other and they have to treat me nicely. They have to treat me with respect. Mm-hmm. So I imagine she asked them to like celebrate with her and uh, you know, John invited Lestrade 
And then Molly, I think, just showed up. <laughs> there was a sign downstairs that said, just come on in. Yeah. So she just showed up looking for Sherlock. Um, <laughs> poor Molly. Well, uh, poor Molly. <laughs> Before we get to poor Molly, <sighs> um, I want to... <laughs> sorry, you distracted me with that sound. What sound? Um, was it rude? <laughs> no. It was okay. very rude. Okay, okay. Um, it's uh, that John has his new girlfriend, not Sarah. Yes. Jeanette. Jeanette. The Play- teacher. I can't remember the girlfriend. was also really surprising considering we saw Sarah in the previous episode. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, in the it was the previous episode. But it was in the previous, previous At the end of season right. one. Right. You know, she had stuck around after the blind banker incident. Right. Am I wrong or was that played by Una Chaplin of Game of Thrones? That was her, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she played Talise on Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh, Rob Stark's <laughs> wife. Yeah. And we did get an answer about Lestrade and I know you and I and, and I believe Megan also is more wanted Greg to be happy. Right. And he's his he and his wife are apparently getting back together, but that may Except have been just she's sleeping with the, she's sleeping with the PE teacher. Yeah. yeah. So So really no, it's he's still not in a good no. place relationship wise. Although I completely missed the first time that he was married. Yeah. I that yeah. for whatever reason that just went completely under my radar. It was such a throwaway line though. Yeah. The, the, the way he said it was so fast, no one would have ever thought of it, especially everything in that else that was going on in right. the scene. But I gotta mention that the the transition from the the whole six months that Sherlock is playing violin in all the previous episodes so far, Sherlock just plays violin like half ass. Mm-hmm. He's not really you know, really putting full attention into it. But now he's actually playing violin well, meaningful with composing music and all that. And how great was that transition from him going to God Save the Queen to We Wish You a Merry Christmas? Mm-hmm. That was seamless. Yeah. And like yeah. I for a minute I was just like, Oh my gosh, he just moved right in. That was great. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes into Aldling Sign for New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. Which was awesome. Although, like, if you if you watch him as he's playing the violin, he's never moving his fingers <laughs> no. once no, while man. he's playing it. And I'll say, because I used to play violin, I was like, you're not playing. <laughs> but that's okay. You're active. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I can live with that. He does so much. We can we can forgive the violin yes. playing. Well, the other thing we, we learn about, uh, just real quick, another throwaway line from the Christmas party uh, was that John's sister is mentioned again, Harry, yeah. and that she's no longer drinking, and Sherlock says, yes, she is. Yeah. Um, so sadly, I think Harry's still on the booze, or at the very least, was headed back. Mm-hmm. But let's let's get into what we really want to talk about. Poor, Poor Molly. Molly! I just wanted to make sure we were ready to talk about Molly. Oh, I'm always ready to talk about Molly. My oh, girl. And her like, dress. She and cannot she get it all I think this is the, the first time I actually got really really mad at Sherlock because mm-hmm. this this was the point where I'm like how can somebody so smart be so stupid he's just and being such really a jerk made me mad and even even his uh, apology afterwards I was like you better get her something really nice for mm-hmm. Christmas because that was uncalled for but that apology was so sincere it was yeah. it he was he knew that he messed up yeah. yeah and the fact that Sherlock called her out in front of everybody especially on Christmas come on you don't do that and insulted her boobs and mouth yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was an insult like wrapped in public humiliation yeah. <laughs> I felt like we were almost like I know they're not a couple but like almost watching like an abusive relationship like if you were at a party and those were your friends you'd have to say something oh yeah like girl you can't and- you know, good for her for finally saying you always say such horrible things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. All the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, I think that was almost her breaking point, like, mm-hmm. to this, because, uh, you know, I know 
later on in the series that she slaps him. Um, but the, like, this was like so, oh man, this was just really heart wrenching to watch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you want to slap Sherlock yeah. because it's like, come on, man. And then in that same moment, the tension gets broken because he kisses her on the cheek and then, that wasn't me i couldn't i wouldn't i possibly you know um you know because that's i mean a kiss even just on the cheek it's all she wanted so like even though she's mad at him affection that sherlock is gonna show anyone you know how many girls if he if benedict cumberbatch kissed them on the cheek they would make the sound (laughs) (laughs) you want me to play it again i want you to play it i want you to have it ready to play at all times the fact that you let your phone go to sleep is a mistake (laughs) Because <laughs> this is the only time we get to do it. So. I disagree. I've been doing it all day. Okay. Um. So yeah, he gets a he gets a text from Irene, and she says, "Check the mant the mantelpiece." And uh, she's given him the phone, which mm-hmm. means only one thing: she's going. She's got to be dead or close to it. Yeah. So he uh, is very upset, or he's holding it in. And he phones Maury, uh, He phones Mycroft to let him know you're going to find Irene Adler's body because she is probably dead. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Sad. You know. And um, then we kind of fade from Christmas into New Year's. Um, and Sherlock has just been playing the same aria <laughs> he's written about Irene or about his sadness or whatever over and over and over for a solid week. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's a good aria, but it's bad that he's playing it all the time. Well, I, I feel you you may have skipped um, the moment where he identifies the body. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I'm so sorry. He, uh, yeah, he goes down there and, with... Uh, with Mycroft, yeah. With Mycroft. And, Molly's uh, there. Molly's there, and she pulls down the sheet, and he's like, uh, he's like, the rest of her, that's her. <laughs> and how, how did, how did he know what, who she was from not her face? <laughs> that's the greatest question. Oh. And then Mycroft just gives her this withering look of like, you figure it out. <laughs> uh, does, poor Molly. So do we think, I, I want to know what you all feel, um, that he n- misidentified the body on purpose. Is there mm. any concern or any, I don't that's up for debate Um, I personally I don't think so but at the same time he's Sherlock and he's very good at being able to mask you know whatever he's feeling or being able to portray what he should be feeling when really he's trying to figure things out Mm -hmm. so it could be that he noticed that this wasn't her and was like okay clearly this isn't her I'm going to pretend like it is because clearly she doesn't want anybody to know that she's alive and I'm going to try to figure out this mystery and figure out where she's going what do you think Marissa I I think so and I I think as Sherlock as much as he doesn't want that he gets emotional and he has any some semblance of feeling for uh, Irene Irene, that he would he wouldn't overlook that because I think it was led to believe that the audience believed that her Irene's body corpse was like her face her head was smashed in so we don't know exactly the head to identify the body but we know the rest of the body we know the measurements so if Sherlock says the measurements are you know Irene then we're led to believe that it's Irene here's here's what I'll say from a storytelling perspective I feel like if he if he did that on purpose you have to reveal that in the episode for that to I just feel like that's too convoluted a jump 
for whatever reason. I'm just like, if he realized that it wasn't her, he would have immediately leapt to finding her. Like, just point blank to me. I don't know. I, maybe I'm just reading it differently. So then you think it's more plausible that Sherlock, the great Sherlock Holmes. No, I think it was her. I don't think her head was bashed in. They said it was beat up. Beat That's that, that was the word that they used. They didn't yeah. say bashed in. They said bashed up or beat up. You know, maybe it was her with some uh, some serious bruising, dead eyes, and, you know, like just skin super pale. And Molly, the uh, medical examiner, medical examiner didn't realize this body was still alive. And that's that's the thing. They never explain. They never explain if this was, um, you know, similar to what they do later on right. in that it's just somebody who looks very similar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they go ahead and eliminate evidence of, you know. You know, with well, the face. When in they talk to not. Irene about it, she says that who does she say that she had had basically blackmailed into it? Um, it wasn't it wasn't a medical examiner. No, it was the DNA. Right. It was, right. So even before Molly got there, it was identified as Irene. Mm. Um, and it was only for a moment. And I think Molly was more focused on Sherlock than she was on the body. Well, and I don't think she had she had never met Irene either. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna chalk this one up to it. It. It was what we. What we thought we saw, or what we were supposed to see. Okay. Um. So we we move on to to New Year's, and um. You know, Sherlock is obviously depressed, and uh. And John gets summoned by uh by Irene's assistant, who I guess he just doesn't recognize. It's a no, different it's, assistant, uh, different woman. It's Mycroft's. Assistant. It's not though. It's, it's not the same one. woman as well. It's a th- it's a third woman. It's a brand new woman. Brand new woman. Oh, but, but the, because the the car comes up, he's like, oh, this Mycroft. must be Mycroft. Yeah. Right. And the way she approaches him. But it definitely it was not the first woman, unless she gained a lot of weight. Um, and it was definitely not. And Kate. like, how would she have hired the first woman? Right. Right. The first one works for Mycroft. Right. So um, she reveals that she's alive. And great performance from Martin Freeman, where he's like, "Just tell her, t- tell him you're alive, like please, like it's it's killing this yeah. guy, it's killing my friend. Tell him you're alive, or I will." And it's like a really beautiful scene. She's like, "What? What am I supposed to say?" And it's like, "Say anything, you know? What have you been saying to him? All these texts." And she reveals <laughs> that she's been flirting with him for months, and he hasn't said dick in response. Mm-hmm. Um, so she finally sends the most awkward and abrupt text ever. <laughs> I'm alive. Let's have dinner. What? She was flirting at him. Yeah. <laughs> I would be furious. I mean, I mean, imagine John's reaction at the top of season three. Um, you yes. Know, <laughs> if he had gotten it through text message. You know. I'm alive. Let's go solve crimes. At least she didn't yeah. try to disguise herself as a waitress. <laughs> yeah, and put on fake a fake mustache. Mm-hmm. Waitress with a mustache? What is this premise? <laughs> Moving on. So, uh, you know, Sherlock is there. He had followed John, and he mm-hmm. gets the text, and uh, he's just kind of, like, stunned. And we hold on his face for an almost uncomfortable moment as he's, like, his world is just kind of rocked. And he gets back to Baker Street to discover it has been broken into. And damn it, the Americans are back again. <laughs> Those what Americans. is these guys? Seriously. Yeah. And uh, they've taken Mrs. Hudson. And that is the last thing you ever do. <laughs> okay. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. We kind of covered this scene. Uh, but I like how Sherlock plays it. He keeps it calm. 
and he knows that he's in a position of power. He's like, send your guys away. Don't just send them to the car. They will drive away because mm-hmm. I'm going to F you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then he does. And then he totally does. And then... Uh, he calls all of his symptoms before he does it. Yeah. I love that. That was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then he has John to take take him down take uh, Mrs. Hudson downstairs we see the body fall <laughs> and uh, you know John's like you know you should you should take some time away and one of the best lines ever uh, Sherlock's like Mrs. Hudson leave Bacon Baker Street Bacon Street <laughs> Mrs. Oh, Hudson <laughs> leave Bacon Street <laughs> blasphemy yeah the country would f- Britain would fall you know um, awesome and uh, then they have a brand new client Irene comes to stay Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love how through every time we see Irene, we see more and more uh, stripped Skin. down, more vulnerable Irene. Mm-hmm. Like at first, you know, she w- she was very powerful. Yes, she was, you know, naked. She was but naked. She's very powerful. The second time we see she's alive, a little bit more vulnerable. She's she was flirting with Sherlock, and then this time she needs help. So like every time you see her, it's just this slow diminishing of her strength. And she's curled up in bed, too. Yeah, so it, it shows her... In Sherlock's bed. It shows her vulnerability, which mm-hmm. it, it helps the audience get to like her even more. And exactly. To her. And uh, she completely plays Sherlock um, oh. like a fiddle. Yep. She finally... he She asks for the phone. He gives her the phone. It's a fake phone, and it's not the right code. Finally, uh, she opens the phone. And she shows him this email, which is encoded, and she asks him to figure it out. And in, you see in super slow motion, she goes in to kiss him. And I don't know what John's John, doing. He's putting, putting down, down, putting his, down his tea. And in the span of about four seconds, he completely decodes this thing. And he just rattles off a monologue like that's probably half a page long <laughs> in about ten seconds. Uh, and it's awesome. And then Irene is just staring at him with like hungry eyes and she's just like I would have you on this table till you scream beg for mercy twice, twice. <laughs> and then any boy or girl who was left in sexual inadolescence suddenly becomes an adolescent I love the extra pause that Sherlock <laughs> took it kind of makes you think that he was actually thinking about it he was definitely shaken like, huh. the idea is frightening and exciting and all at once says, uh, he says he's not he has never begged for mercy in his life. And she goes, twice. <laughs> and we're like, yo, show us that show. Right? Yeah, man. Let's get that on the air. <laughs> Spinoff. Damn. Um, okay, so he figures it out. Unfortunately, though, she's a dirty double-crosser. She tells Moriarty, Ugh. and he puts it into his phone, and then we see the words come up in the air, and then he blows, he, blows a raspberry. He blows a raspberry as he sends this message to Mycroft to let him know he knows what's up. And their clever attempt to uh, to handle this terrorist attack without a single casualty and let it happen, uh, the Coventry... Uh, conundrum. Mm-hmm. Let it happen without a single person dying is ruined, um, which is a huge, huge bummer. And uh, we mm-hmm. get these flashbacks. Bond there is go. Uh, he's summoned. Basically, Sherlock is summoned. And which? Hold on a second. So Sherlock is summoned. He's given his own plane ticket. 
to the plane that was never going to go up. So when when Mycroft found out that Moriarty knew about Bond Air, he had them print up a plane ticket. <laughs> he couldn't just be like, get my brother, we need to talk. He took the time to have a plane ticket printed. Well, and he took the time to go down to the airport. Right. <laughs> yeah. He I really had to make a visual point. I think it was it was more of a, he, look at the consequences of what you've done. Right. It was a physical metaphor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have this ghostly plane that's just filled with uh, all these dead bodies. Yeah. And Very just a ha- yeah, haunting imagery as um, Mycroft explains what he's been working on that has just been ruined. Irene shows up and she's like the cat that ate the canary. She's so proud of herself that she won. Sherlock is sent into a tailspin as he realizes he was the naive man that was fooled. Um, and then she, they sit in Mycroft's study as Irene lays out her terms and they're pretty ironclad. She's done a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, she's about ready to clap herself on the back. She lets everyone know Moriarty set it up and that he's great. Her kind of man. Except for that he's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, she's about to walk away when Sherlock rises to the occasion and he, <laughs> and he delivers an amazing monologue sound right there. boom Sherlocked bow everything that you wanted to do everything that you thought it's over suck it bam I mean in so many words <laughs> right brilliant yeah. because when you go back to the um, flashback that Irene's you know trying to physically hit on Sherlock you kind of think that Sherlock's actually showing maybe some affection back by grabbing her hand by his oh, of course it was and it, and it was very interesting too that um, you know her downfall was you know becoming sentimentally attached which is what we think is going to be Sherlock's down- downfall this entire episode mm-hmm. like you're getting in too deep Sherlock you're getting in too deep and then you know it turns out no she's the one that got herself in too deep yeah she you, she you fall f- for the Sherl <laughs> he'll make you feel she like a head girl over heels yeah Um, All right. So by the end of this episode, uh, we find out that from Mycroft that Irene has been killed um, and he beheaded by a terrorist cell. And he gives John the option of telling him that or telling uh, or telling him this lie that she's been discovered in uh, witness protection in America. And Those j- damn Americans. <laughs> Again with the Americans. Always butting in. Well, I and it, it's kind of, it's like this nice little fairy tale. Like, oh, she's going to live happily ever after. We <laughs> sent her to a farm where she had lots of room to run around. Exactly. <laughs> the farm the, the cool, yeah. She's much happier yeah. there. The cool thing with how Sherlock did this story was because in the original story that Sherlock wants to keep the, a photograph of Irene Adler. And, but in this series, that she he wants to keep the phones as a memento to Irene. He's just so modern day. I love yeah. it. Um, and, you know, John, he wants to tell the truth, but he just, he just can't. And he tells the lie. Um, and then we see what really happened to Irene. We get this kind of grainy terrorist footage, and then she sends this final text message, goodbye, Mr. Holmes, and she waits for death, and we cut to black, and then... (laughs) And then we fade back up, and she fills with hope as she turns, and there he is with the mask and the scimitar, and he's like, when I say run, run, and he runs off with his scimitar, and he kills a bunch of terrorists, apparently. We don't see it. Nope. And uh, he saves her life. So she's out there somewhere. We get a really nice, happy ending. 
and mm-hmm. everyone wins. And hopefully she can come back next season. That's the yeah. hope. And I, I loved the ending, how he said the woman, because Irene is is known as the woman, yeah. even mm-hmm. in the story. Because And he says it twice, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the woman, and then the, he changes his intonation, the, the woman. woman. Mm-hmm. So Irene means more to Sherlock than he thinks. Yeah. Than yeah. He She's believes. the woman. Beautiful. All right. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. Uh, We we got another show coming in the studio. I want to thank everybody uh, for watching, listening, downloading, streaming. You're all the best in the world. You know it. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Um, I want to thank the entire panel for being here. Uh, Our our engineers, Stephen Lemieux, Roy Tahiri, uh, helping us out. I yeah, I'm thank- not <laughs> Yeah, I know. I want to thank Yell's cell phone. Yeah, we um, And we will be back next Tuesday covering uh, The Hounds of Baskerville, mm-hmm. Season 2, Episode 2. All right. Uh, Marissa Great C- iconic story. Yes. All right. Marissa Serafini, where can the people find you? You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. That's S-E-R-A-F-I-N-I TV on Twitter. And you can follow me here at AfterBuzz on a bunch of other random shows. <laughs> and I'm here every single day. All right. Uh, Yell, where can the people find you? <laughs> the people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. And online at Yell.TV. That's Y-A-E-L.TV. And uh, here at After Buzz on a bunch of shows, uh, look it up on Yell TV. Okay. Uh, and Megan Salinas. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Uh, I'm also on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Matt over here and Almost Human with Matt as well. And I occasionally fill in for Walking Dead. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to find me on Twitter, and I imagine that you do, <laughs> you can find me at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. What? If I didn't have an ego... I, the world might actually be a better place. Yep. Um, you can also find me here on After Buzz TV all over the place. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Almost Human. We got Lost Girl with Yell. We got uh, Helix on Sci-Fi. Great show if you haven't seen it. Watch it. Banshee on Cinemax. Watch it. Uh, Cougar Town. I don't know if I said Justified. This show. More shows coming up all the time in the spring. And if you're in L.A. and you love live comedy, you can come watch me do a bunch of it. I got two more shows this week. Uh, they're all at the I.O. West Comedy Theater, 6366 Hollywood Boulevard. I've got the second round of a sketch cage match competition. Uh, the semifinals this Thursday night. It's tomorrow night. The, what is that, the 20th? Sure. Yeah, the 20th at 11 p.m. Another one su- Saturday night at 11 p.m. And then uh, Sunday, March 9th at 9 p.m. All as a member of DJ Fawcett. I want to thank everybody for watching, listening, downloading, streaming. You're the best. We will see you next Tuesday. Good night. 75 ah. ratings. Let's do it. Woo! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.